Hey everybody, welcome back to another Cryptocurrency Chat Podcast, episode number 433. Uh, everyone's in Vegas, except for me, but that's my own fault. So, uh, let's get into what's going on, what's going on with everybody there right now. John, Mike? What's up, what's up, what's up, man? Yeah, right here, the weather's great, vacation's well, it's been relaxing, can't complain, food's been great, Mike's been a good host showing us around. Uh, thank you, Mike. By the way, uh, he's been here a time or two, and so it's been it's been okay. a good it's been a good experience. It's my first time out here. Mike, how you doing? Pretty good. Excited for this episode of Crypto News. Get to talk about Coinbase and JP Morgan. Oh no, we have a couple of interesting articles to get to. Let me just hit the normal uh, intro stuff we normally do here. If everybody is appreciative of this podcast as we hope you are uh, you can donate to us in various forms of coin bitcoin ethereum bnb raven bat litecoin flux etc etc monero included uh you can also check us out on discord youtube uh twitter twitch and our favorite odyssey which is just like youtube but for free and based on coin uh if you appreciate our content you can also check out oops that's not the right kind of c3 media t-shirts we have the we go to the there we go. Um, Diamond Hands Black, Diamond Hands White t-shirts, as well as Stack Sats and HODL. This is the, uh, we say at the end of every single episode. Let's get on to the um, quick reading of the certain job of the day from the company called The Graph. You'll be a subgraph developer. The Graph is an indexing protocol for querying networks like Ethereum and IPFS. One can build and publish AP open IPIs with subgraphs, making data easily accessible. Web3 is a new stack. A radically better internet. All data is stored and processed on open networks with verifiable integrity. The graph makes querying the data fast, reliable, and secure. By combining Web3 protocols, developers can build dApps with powerful new features for solving the world's challenges. You will be doing things such as developing, testing, deploying, publishing, and maintaining high-quality subgraphs, and what data will be indexed in the blockchain and how it will be stored and made available via the API layer as well as advocating for the graph. Pardon, not the graph, the graph. Just graph. <laughs> Anyways, that's a subgraph developer for the graph. The quote of the day comes from uh, Mike, who recommended that we check out a fellow named Dylan Lachere. Dylan's quote is, there's a reason Satoshi Nakamoto decided to remain anonymous. There's definitely a reason for it. And if you want to know more about that, you can check out Dylan Lachere on Twitter. Chair underscore. Now on to the news. Yeah. Some juicy news from BitBoy. The first one off here. Let me just get over to that stuff. And I'll see what's going on here. And John, tell us about BitBoy. All right. So give me a second here. Okay. BitBoy. This one's written, uh, provided by Decrypt.co, written by Ryan Ozawa. Well, that's a new name. Ozawa. BitBoy versus, uh, was it Atozi? Atozi. YouTuber sues YouTuber for defamation, emotional distress, emotional damage. One of the biggest crypto commentators on YouTube has filed a lawsuit against a fellow YouTuber for defamation and damaging statements, seeking to recover damages. Ben Armstrong, who brands himself as BitBoy Crypto, says Erling Menschlong, is that what's the, what is that? Menschlong Jr., aka Atozi. It's Menchuel, it? not Menschlong. Menschlong. 
All right. Uh, Atozi uh, posted a video on YouTube entitled, He's, I'm about to get sued now, right? The, the, the lawsuit claims a laundry list of offenses in that video, including defamation, infliction of emotional distress, torturous interference with business relations or potential business relations, violation of the Uniform Deceptive Practice Act, uh, Act and violation of the Fair Business Practices Act. The filing says, what was the last name? Menschwell. Menschwell? That's what it looks like to me. Menschwell. Repeatedly called Armstrong a dirtbag, stating that he is a shady dirtbag and a dirtbag YouTuber. Armstrong has 1.44 million subscribers. Wow, I wish we had that. And has netted 212 million views since launching his channel in February 2018. Menschwell? Uh, has 1.23 million subscribers with 223 million views since March 2012. The complaint and jury demand was filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia in Atlanta yesterday, deemed by Armstrong's legal counsel to be the appropriate venue as Armstrong lives in Ackworth, Georgia, while Menschwal lives in Sterling, Virginia. It is a federal suit because it involves impact of losses in excess of $75,000. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you got what's you guys' comments on this? Come on, Mike. I know you know about this stuff. What's going on here? This is uh BitBoy, you you he, he's been around the block, right? He's not he's not a square square guy. He's uh in the early days, we were talking about that earlier. And yeah, in the early days this guy was pretty much chilling a bunch of uh, scam coins, you know, to promote his 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 YouTube, man. So is is um, is the other guy? Was a Menschlong? Is he wrong? Am I, crickets? Am I by myself on this one? I'm pretty sure he's not wrong. I've, I've seen Bitboy shit a lot, a lot of things, and get paid a lot on the back end that he doesn't really make known. But you know, I think yeah, it's, it's one of those times. It's not very transparent. So I'm gonna continue on real quick. Let's see, there's a little bit more here. Um, let's see. So down down at the bottom, it says uh, Armstrong's business model relies on his reputation and his status as an influencer, i.e., a well-known online personality who influences others' decisions, such as to buy or sell cryptocurrency as investment. The complaint reads, including, uh, excuse me, introducing a uh, introducing as facts that he is an industry leading source of reliable commentary with respect to investments in cryptocurrency. Furthermore, the lawsuit asks, quote, can there be more damaging assertion for someone like BitBoy Crypto who engages in the business of providing advice and commentary on cryptocurrency investments? But on Armstrong's YouTube channel, he says his content is, quote, for general information purposes only and cautions. Uh, Please be advised that I am not a professional advisor in business areas involving finance, cryptocurrency, taxation, security, and commodity trading, or the practice of law. Nothing written or discussed is intended to be construed or relied upon as investment, financial, legal, regulatory, accounting, tax, or similar advice. Nor should it be. Actually, Jake, you keep saying that. We shouldn't say that, right? We shouldn't say that. It's no, no, it, say that you can... You... Unless someone's directly paying you for the advice, then it's not considered financial advice. So you can say whatever you want, 
and the, the general assumption is that you're just saying it because you want to talk about it, not because you're giving people explicit financial advice. Now, if BitBoy has, has people paying him directly for advice that he's giving on his channel, those people can sue him. No one else can. Uh, I see. Okay. Cool. We'll leave that one there. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure that there's, there's going to be updates in the future. So that's it for now. Moving on. All right. Moving on to Ethereum Merge. The next article is from DeSalvo, and it's Ethereum Merge will be good for Coinbase, says JP Morgan. The investment bank said today that Coinbase could experience a big revenue opportunity from its Ethereum staking service. Cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase could benefit from Ethereum's long-awaited merge, according to investment bank JP Morgan. In a Wednesday note to investors, analysis Kenneth Worthington said the San Francisco-based exchanges Ethereum holdings and its staking services for institutions will help <clears throat> will help it financially. Coinbase figures haven't been great during the bear market. Earlier this month, it point, posted a $1.1 billion in net losses over the past financial quarter as trading volume on the exchange fell by 29%. Wow. That is quite the ball to drop. Yeah. I, I can't believe they're doing that bad. Especially since they're pretty much the best exchange to go to in the United States if you want to buy large amounts of Bitcoin. Anyways, yeah. but Ethereum's move to ETH 2.0 could help the community. The New York-based investment bank said, We see Coinbase as a meaningful beneficiary of the Ethereum merge, uh, the JP Morgan note read. Coinbase is bigger, th bigger in Ethereum than it was uh, intuitive to us, thus leading directly into a bigger revenue opportunity. It added, we believe that Coinbase has taken a series of steps to maximize the Ethereum staking revenue opportunity. Ethereum, the second biggest cryptocurrency by market cap, is changing the way it does things next month in an update called the merge, which will move the block to a proof stake consensus mechanism. This is kind of on point with what Coinbase is doing. Coinbase has always been known to have a really good relationship with the government and big banks. So this, this really shouldn't be blindsiding anyone. The article continues, right now Ethereum uses proof of work consensus mechanism as the same one as Bitcoin. With this system, miners attempt to solve complex math equations with an energy intensive process. Also, <clears throat> all to generate new blocks and earn rewards in cryptocurrency. But Ethereum's move to proof of stake will eliminate the need for miners. Instead, validators would take the place take their place and keep the network secure by locking up the network's native crypto, something which can be done on exchanges like Coinbase. It also is worth noting that if you stake your Ethereum, you cannot unstake your Ethereum. And the code to unstake your Ethereum has not been written yet. You're stuck. Bum, bum, bum. There is your two Satoshis of the day. So do not forget that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure JP Morgan has a pretty good interest in Coinbase financially, along with a lot of the big Ethereum companies like Consensus and MetaMask that's underneath it and Infura. So they it's they don't really make it well known, but they have substantial substantial uh, weight in, in those companies. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yep. Be careful where you put your money. You keep it in your own wallet i think when we first uh way back on my first or second episode 
I said friends don't let friends use Coinbase, and that was before their public IPO. But I, I still stand by that. Unless you got friends who want to buy many millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin, just there's so many other options out there for the average person that aren't gonna screw you up as hard as Coinbase. Well, not nearly as expensive either. If you're gonna use FTX, it's still gonna be cheaper than Coinbase. Yeah, and Coinbase customer service has always been just so terrible. Gemini is pretty good. So, so I, just I just to reiterate Gemini. what you're saying is just stay away from Coinbase. Period. I mean, even even if you're buying it, you're trying to unwrap people on it. What's the alternative out there? For me, it's always it's been Binance.us, even though they don't have all the good cryptos out there. But it, it works for me. I, I've been using Binance for a while. No issues. Yeah. Another thing would I be... I mean, yes, uh, stay... Go ahead. Sorry. I say, yes, yeah, stay away from Coinbase, but always keep an eye on it because they are a big market mover. And, you know, it's good to be kept in the loop, even if you're a small fish on what the big fish are doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep an eye out for all the big guys. But you, you, you might run, you might, really might run you over if you're not careful. I, I guess you could complain with the free crypto that they give you. You know what's crazy is that how does somebody end up in a negative when you're getting free crypto? Right? You know how you do those little uh, uh, questionnaires and you got like $3 of this crypto, this new breaking crypto that, that Coinbase is adopting. It's like, cool. It's like, well, how am I down 95% Coinbase? What the heck? They just take it back from me from the trade. <laughs> yeah. And that coin's value tanks. Exactly. That has happened many times. So. All right. It is interesting. To, that, uh, go ahead, sorry. No, just real quick, I was say it is interesting that this article does make mentions of how Bitcoin is criticized for not being green and proof of work is going to be green as far as energy goes. But there, there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it on the advantages of proof of work. And I'm really excited about the ETH merge because it's going to take things that are theoretical and show what the actual facts are. Yeah, we should move on to the next article. Yeah, so uh, from also Decrypt, uh, Stacey Elliott writes, Fetch officials say, tor say Tornado Cash's code could be criminal. Fetch officials told the nonprofit DeFi Education Fund that it may be punishable if a developer writes code for the sole purpose of committing criminal acts. Remember that statement, ironically. It is, uh, it's the latest detail from the Fiscal Information and Investigation Service, or FIOD, which last week arrested a 29-year-old developer in Amsterdam in connection with Tornado Cash. Block reported that the identity of the person arrested, Alex uh, Pertsev, the Tornado Cash developer. About the concerns, the developer of a tool is not prohibited, but if a tool is, has been created for the sole purpose of committing criminal acts, for example, to conceal criminal flow of money, putting it online, uh, making available a developed tool may be punishable. FIOD wrote in a response to a question from DeFi Education Fund. The nonprofit has been communicating with FIOD since last week and sharing responses on Twitter. Here are some examples of DeFi Education Fund's responses on Twitter. Cash app was created to obscure Ethereum transactions. It's been used by traders who want to maintain their privacy, but also drawn to uh, scrutiny from government officials. On August 8th, U.S. official, uh, U.S. Office of Financial Asset Controller. See, that's what I don't understand, man. I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't, I don't understand this. Please, 
Somebody, I, I don't have any hair. Somebody please pull their hair out for me. Because I don't understand this. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, this, this boggles my mind. You know, you're, you're, you're a criminal because you're writing code. But like we talked about this, Jake, before, is that the, you're writing code that can be used for good or for bad. It's like whatever. It's, 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 it's uh, what's the word? It's, it's neutral. Like a road, right? Like, for example, a, a highway. Criminals can use it to, to traffic drugs and weapons across that highway. Or that an ambulance can drive to that highway, right? Same thing with tornado cash. It's just obscure transactions. I want my transactions to be private. I don't want everybody knowing what I'm what I'm doing on the internet. You know, there's no need for that. And as a matter of fact, I was talking about uh, I, uh, how to privatize my uh, my data on IPFS just because it's so it's so invasive. Even though I, I don't really have much stuff out there, but for example, when I publish my book, my book is out there on the blockchain. But everybody can see my book because it's on IPFS, and some troll out there copied it and minted like an infinite amount of my uh, issues of my book. And now I'm kind of like, geez, that's that was like ten years of, of my life putting into that book, all gone just because I can't really put my uh, my book uh, encrypted in the proper way. So that's what I was talking to Michael. Well, on the plus side, imitation is a serious, sincerest form of flattery. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that, Jake, for going on a side tangent there. Fine. Um, if Mike was trying to talk, I couldn't hear him because I had to mute him, which is an echo. Uh, no. Cash was routinely used for legitimate purposes. Max Bernstein, the DeFi Education Funds Communication Lead told Decrypt in an email. We're still waiting for the specific uh, charges against developer to be released. The following must remain clear. Writing and publishing code must be protected in free societies, and privacy is not a crime. Probably the key of the entire article, or the entire thing that's going on here. As he rest last week, the government governance forum and Discord server connected to Tornado Cash have been shut down. A representative for the project also told Decrypt that the project's code has been moved from GitHub. But it doesn't change anything for Tornado Cash contracts. Tuesday, Kraken CEO Jesse Powell joined a growing chorus of industry leaders to speak out against the sanctions. He told Bloomberg the U.S. ban on the app is unconstitutional. I agree. And that is the end of the article, but really this is the point. I, I agree. Is, just because what we're talking about we earlier, it's like you know, it's 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 like one of those things. Am, am I am I a war criminal because I want to build, I want to pave a roadway to help people be uh, just transport from point A to point B better, you know? Or if I want to, uh, you know. Well, well, yeah, you you are a criminal if the government deems you a criminal and if the government sends law enforcement after you. That's that's stupid because this is like one of those things like. It's not my fault that criminals want to use my 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 software, you know. Why is it? Why it's a, it's a neutral thing. All it all the all this person's doing is just obscuring transactions. That's all it is. That's not a crime. <laughs> or or you know whether it's an oversized body pillow or um, a gigantic black dildo. You know the fact matter is. 
it's my personal life. I get to do what I want in my personal life. The problem with the government is it keeps wanting to, in my opinion, speak into our, our, you know, our wallets to see if we're funding crime or funding uh, terrorism. And I, I get the reason they want to do that. But uh, the reason that, the, the, well, well, the example I keep thinking of is what, uh, what Apple did with their iPhones. And that was, they're like, look, we can't even break encryption on our own devices because we're trying to uh, not be unfair to our users. You know, if, if we can just get into the back door of all their data, that's kind of unfair to them. So we're trying to encrypt end-to-end, -end and we have no way of cracking it. It's their phone only, not us. Uh -huh. well, this is a fight against jerks and, and people who think they're protecting society when they're just being jerks, in my opinion. Anyways, let's move on to another article before this runs off the rails. Uh, John, can you tell us about the Canadian pension fund? Yeah, yeah, here we go. So moving on to the next one. This one's uh, once again from Decrypt.co, written by Stacey Elliott. Can Canada, uh, Canadian, excuse me, Canadian pension fund takes $150 million hit from Celsius investment. Uh, CDPQ, one of the Canada's largest pension managers, has written off its $150 million investments in bankrupt crypto lender Celsius Network. Quote, we knew there were challenges in regards to crypto assets, but perhaps we underestimated those challenges. Well, Charles Edmund, CEO of, was it Casey? Casey de Depot et Placement de Quebec, something like that. CDPQ, because it's going to be a French word that we're going to pronounce. That? Yeah, CDPQ <laughs> reported a $26 million loss for the first half of the year, which amounts to a return of negative 7.9%, according to a press release from the firm. When CDPQ announced that it had added Celsius Network to its portfolio in October 2021, in the middle of the crypto market's run to the near, nearly three trillion cap, Alexandre Skynet Sinet, uh, the pension manager, manager's chief technology officer, said release that it was the leading crypto lender. Time Celsius had recently announced that it had $25 billion uh, assets under management and more than 1 million customers on its platform, but it was already facing scrutiny from regulators after receiving cease and desist letters from uh, uh, authorities in Kentucky, Texas, and New Jersey. After Celsius Network CEO Alex Mashinsky repeatedly assured customers that their funds were safe, the company froze accounts on June 12th. It kept accounts frozen for four weeks while repaying $1 billion in outstanding loans from decentralized finance protocols Aave, Maker, and Compound. Then on July 13th, the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Jeez, remember that? I was around back in those days. Details about how the company was run, uh, run leading up to Chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, filing have started to come to light. Yesterday, the Financial Times reported that multiple unnamed sources said Mashinsky told uh, the Celsius Network investment team, he would personally assume control of the company's trading in January. Hmm. I don't know, man. It's getting scary. It's getting scary. There was an email that just went out today, too. I don't know. Did you get that, Jake? I have not checked the email today. Yeah, there was an email. But, uh, I, I imagine that another one has been updating us with the BS. Yeah. If only we'd listened to Mike when he warned us. <laughs> yes, uh, Mike's uh, stepped out. He's um, he's, he's got to get ready. Ready. All right. So um, uh, you'll you'll take the next one. 
Coinbase, Coinbase has a serious insider trading problem, so he claims. The three researchers at researchers at University of Technology in Sydney, Australia, claim that insider trading is systemic in the cryptocurrency industry and estimate that such activity has taken place up to 25% of Coinbase listings in the last four years. Not yet peer-to-peer reviewed paper titled Insider Trading in Cryptocurrency Markets. Professor Esther Felix Venas, uh, Professor Talis Putnins, candidate Luke Johnson, estimate that insider trading occurred on 10 to 25% of cryptocurrency listings on San Francisco-based exchange between September 2018 and May 2022. The researchers claim that the results of at least $1.5 million of ill-gotten profits. Our findings identify cases that are yet to be prosecuted, they wrote. They further argue that the growing perception of insider trading in crypto may scare away potential investors and could impede the adoption of cryptographically cured ways of representing securities and other financial investments or instruments perception that is largely supported by their findings. In terms of methodology, the recent 146 Coinbase lists, uh, 300 hours before new listings were went live on the exchange to look for abnormal patterns of said asset centralized exchanges, or DEXs, Texas, which do not require identity verification. From visual inspector, pardon me, inspection, we note that there is an evident run-up pattern prior to the listing announcement starting at about minus 250 hours, 250 hours before researchers state. The run-up continues until the listing announcement event, where we see a jump in price because of new information entering the market and traders reacting to the news. The run-up pattern we observe is consistent with run-ups in prosecuted cases of insider trading in stock markets, they wrote. But opponents could argue that the paper applying uh, findings of the to the entire crypto as a whole. A source familiar with trading practices at crypto except study jumps to the conclusion providing clear evidence for identifying specific wallet addresses that allegedly font rant font ran token listings. Anyways, uh what what did you think? I gotta that's go over a whole like, very long article there. Yeah. That's kind of a big red flag right there. It's like, hey, this coin has a run up uh, on an average of 250 hours in advance every single time. That's kind of a, uh, hmm. I mean, 250 hours in advance, we're talking about 10 days, roughly, a little bit more yeah. than 10 days. Yeah, it gives 10 um, days for, for it to get pumped up, and then it's pushed onto uh, Coinbase. That's kind of that's kind we of. Know, that's we already a, know that when a, when a coin hits the market, it, it explodes, particularly when it hits Coinbase. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's that's Shiba for Inu sure. Did but, this exact but, thing. but but to have it front run in advance like that, ten days in advance, it, it means that someone knows it's going to happen, right? So that's kind of like called insider trading, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, well, that's what they're saying, right? So yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So yeah, they're basically saying we watched uh, forty-six coins do this over four years, and it happens every single time. It means that it's somebody is what's going on is insider trading so mm-hmm. let's get mm-hmm. to the last article it sucks that coinbase has been doing this but we already know they're being sued for yeah. insider trading yeah 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 it won't surprise me if, if their um their teapot tilts okay the next news is, is provided by crypto potato written by andrew thorovalis the merge will rally ethereum like a bitcoin having arthur hayes in his latest blog post Former BitMEX CEO Arthur Hayes broke down how he 
expects Ethereum traders to react before and after the merge. Based on the technicals of the upgrade, he said it will rally after in September. Similar Bitcoin rallied calving cycles. In an article titled Flexive Center's Bullish Thesis around George Soros's theory of reflexivity, reflexi re reflexivity, the theory uh, posits 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 that there is a feedback loop between posits. the posits. Posits. Posits that there is a feedback loop between the market prices and the expectations held by markets participants for a given market situation. I don't know what I just read. In the context of this merge, Haynes believes this phenomenon can rally Ethereum's price due to the reflexive relationship between its price and its deflationary properties. Quote, if the merge is successful, traders will buy ETH today, knowing that there are, that the higher price uh knowing that the higher the price goes the more the network will be used and the more deflationary it will become driving the price higher causing the network to be used more and so on and so forth so forth he explained this is a vir virtuous cycle for bulls the merge will usher two main changes for ethereum it will shift from a consensus mechanism from the proof of work to the proof of stake and also reduce eth supply issuance rate by roughly 90%. This has led some to nickname the event the triple halvening. And let's see, combined with EIP 1559, which burns ETH out of circulation with every transaction, ETH is expected by many to become a net deflationary currency following the upgrade. Therefore, Haynes suspects that the feedback loop can form between ETH's price appreciation, usage, and deflationary issuance. Alternatively, the co-founder noted that the feedback loop could work against ETH, driving its price down in the event of an unsuccessful merge. However, a look at ETH's spot market act, uh, activity, which has greatly outperformed Bitcoin in recent weeks, suggests that the market participants expects a successful merge event. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, this is a, a super long, actually, no, it's not a super, why, why is it super long on my, uh, actually, let me just finish this off. Um, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Ethereum derivatives data from Glassnode last week suggests that traders may be planning to sell the news once the merge actually takes place in mid-September. Everyone's going to sell the news. Everybody, everybody. All right. Uh, specifically in the term structure for Ethereum's future is trading in backwardation leading all the way until june 2023 that means future traders expect eth's price will drop by the maturity date of their contracts however there's another however however haynes offered two alternatives theories for why eth may be experiencing buy pressure in the spot market and sell pressure in the futures market on one hand traders could be hedging their long physical eth bets in the futures market in case of unsuccessful merge on the other they could be hedging against their eth position for general reasons while accumulating spot eth simply to pick up free chain split tokens following a speculative pow fork this expects that these traders will quote buy back their hedge following a successful merge and that any people attempting to sell their spot eth will be in the minority if there is indeed a sell-off at the time haynes only plans to increase rather than decrease his position Quote, Eight minutes. Okay. There. 
All right. I expect, here's the last quote, okay? I expect we will see it play out similarly to Bitcoin happening. He wrote, quote, we all know that the dates will occur, and yet Bitcoin still always rallies post-halving. And that's that. Yep, that be all the news for today. Interesting things. I don't feel like I'm a little bit more disappointed by the BitBoy article than I was by this one, actually. But uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in the news, and I think a lot of people are, have a lot of expectation for the Ethereum, mer uh, Ethereum merge, rather. Ethereum? Uh, Ethereum. Yes, it does feel kind of eerie at times. Yeah. So, thank you all for checking in, and uh, hope that you all have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you on Sunday. So, as we always say at the end of our episode, Jack Sats and, and Huddle. Huddle. Adios. Adios.